You're now listening to New Zion Tabernacle, located in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We are the church seeking the heart of God and sharing it with the world. New Zion is led by Bishop Crystal Thomas and Associate Pastors George Hicks and Kelly McClellan. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the word, the prayer, the song, all that has already gone before us. We thank you for, oh God, the sanctification of your spirit in us. God, we thank you for every visitor that's here today, Lord. We ask you to bless them and increase them even now, Lord. I pray, oh God, for renewed connections, Lord. I pray, Father, for your will and your work to be done in our lives as we work together, oh God, collectively, Lord, doing your work in the earth realm. So God, be with us as we look at your word, Father. And let us all be blessed as we hear, receive, and begin to walk out, live out your word, Father. We want to live your word, oh God. Oh, we thank you. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, oh God. Oh, we give you glory. We give you glory. It's a great day, Lord. It's a great day, Father. We thank you for this day, Lord. You are indeed a great God. Oh, you are a great God. You are a great God. Oh, and we just rejoice in your greatness. Rejoice in your great ability. Rejoice in your great love, oh God your great power. You are a great God. Oh God, be magnified in this place today, Father. All those that are even on the online, bless them, Father, right now where they are, oh God. Meet them at the point of their need. Oh God, enlarge their territory, Father. Bless them indeed, Father. And we give you the praise, Lord God, right now because we know that you are the mighty God and you're doing just what you said you would do. Oh God, we thank you for your love toward us, Lord. Oh, so we thank you, oh God, right now, God, that we are loved today. We are loved today. We are love people today oh god because you loved us we don't mind loving somebody else so let love abound in our lives in our community in our families oh god that the love of god abound and we'll give you the praise the honor and the glory in jesus name in jesus name amen and amen hallelujah you may be seated in the name of the lord and if anybody's at home and maybe you you're standing you can sit down to relax have your cup of coffee and just enjoy what God is doing in our midst. But I do thank God for those that press their way that I'm not looking at just chairs. Amen. We have some people here. So I thank God for all that he's doing. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. It's been a week. Um, I think about Bible class last week. Uh, Pastor Kelly did a phenomenal job with the test of promotion and our desire for greatness, but it really comes as we serve and the test that God lays before us even test, are, are you ready for that next level yet? And it's determined by his divine counsel. And I said, I wanna make sure and remind me everyone, I wanna make sure that we're also sending those lessons out to our online community so they can at least read the lesson uh, if they're not able to be a part of those conversations. But it was an awesome lesson, awesome time. And I thank you for your giving. Thank God for your liberality. We are what we are by the grace of God and by your commitment to the house. And so we thank God today. Amen. Well, today's lesson is going to be part one and part two. I already know that because I'm not going to be too long. So it's going to be part one today. And I'm going to talk about lostness. 
And when we think about the word lostness, of course, it has a theological meaning. And it really talks about being separate, a place of being separated from God, that you've not yet made that commitment to God. But even in the natural, we all know the frustration of what it is when we're looking for something and we can't find it. And we declare that thing as lost. Whether it's lost or not, we have declared it lost. I hope you hear that. We have declared it lost. And I wonder some things that are lost, that we've declared lost, that really are not lost. But because we declared something lost, I think I shared previously about one morning I was at work and Ariana calls me at 7.30 and I'm thinking, why is she calling me at 7.30? She said, Grandmother, I can't find my keys. I said, okay, I am not there to even help you look, glory to God. I said, where did you put them last? So we kind of went through all of that. And I said, Ariana, I don't know where they are, but God does. I said, we're going to pray right now and believe God that you just go right to those keys because you really do need to get to school and you need to get to school on time. So we prayed very quickly. It didn't take a long time. You see, when you have a relationship with God, just a few sentences of affirmation based upon his word, and God begins to activate. And so we prayed a quick prayer, and the next thing I know, I get a text. She says, I found my keys. And it wasn't even two minutes after we prayed the prayer that now she's on her way to school. So I'm talking about in her mind there was lostness, and I could hear the frustration in her voice. And then when she told me, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, she's got to get to school. It's too late for her to get on the bus now. I'm 30 minutes away. By the time I even went to get her to get to school, she'd probably miss about 40 minutes or so of her first class. So even I'm trying to think in my mind, how can I navigate through somebody else's state of lostness? Because you see, when somebody is lost or something is lost, oftentimes it affects more than just one person. So when we look in the book of St. Luke, we're going to do like half of it this time and then half of it the next time. But there are three different parables in this 15th chapter of St. Luke. We have the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the lost son. And I really pray that you commit to these two series of lessons because once we finish with these two lessons, you're going to have a different understanding of lostness, but yet also divine intervention as God brings us to the place he wants us to be. Amen? And so we've got to have, you have to have all three. You've got to have the whole package. So we won't get to the whole package today, but we need the whole package. So when we look in the book of, of St. Luke chapter 15, I'm going to read just a few verses and you'll see why we need the total package. The first verse says, tax collectors, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So there's a, there's a background and, and don't miss with each of these lost states of lostness, there's a background involved. This is the background. Amen? This is the background. So verse 3 says, so because of this, Jesus told them this story. If a man had a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And then look at verse 8. 
And verse 8 begins with the word or. See the connection there between 1, 2, 3, and now 8. Or, in fact, it's like he's talking and, and he needs to really give you another example. He said, or suppose a woman, you know, it is the March, the, the month of the woman. A woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. She lights a lamp and sweeps the entire house and searches carefully until she finds it. And then look at what verse 11 says. We're seeing the connection here. This is kind of like a Bible study sermon in all in one. Verse 11 says, to illustrate the point further. So Jesus now recognizes that as he's talking, they're not really getting the revelation of the word. So he gives one example. And so now he gives another example. He said, let me tell it to you a different kind of way. And this time he uses something we can relate to. We can relate to another person or to our humanity. So he said, to illustrate it further, he talks about a man had two sons. The younger one told his father, I want my share of your estate right now before you die. So his father agreed to divide it, his wealth between his sons, and the story continues. So my point is this. There's a backdrop that Jesus now is under accusation. They are accusing him of teaching. They're accusing him of, of, of reaching the, the loss and talking to people that nobody else wants to talk to. He's accusing them of their, their non-self-righteous state. But here he is with, with not just tax collectors, but the, but the Bible says notorious sinners. Everybody knows you're a sinner. Every, the whole world has heard your name. Uh, your name has been spread abroad. You've been on Instagram and Facebook and, and the New York Times. Why, when I was in L.A., you were in the, the LA Gazette. So everybody knows, all oh, the world knows about the depth of your sin, the depth of your depravity. And he lets them know that there's an answer now. But the Bible says that they were teachers of the law. So it was the church the those that we wouldn't expect to be uh, unloving, but now here they are accusing Jesus of who he's associating with. Now, I'm sure if they were open to the teaching, their hearts would have changed. But because they were all self-righteous in their mind and they wanted everybody to do things their way or no way, they began to shun Jesus because now here he is teaching to tax collectors. In fact, they were known to be crooked people. If we got a letter from the IRS, we would not be jumping and shouting. And so we find now the tax collectors and then those sinners that everybody knew they were not living like they want like God wanted them to live but you see Jesus recognized his assignment and his assignment was that he came to save the lost so if he came to save the lost doesn't it make sense that he's spending time now with those that don't know Jesus those that don't know him and I think about the church and my prayer is that we'll be more unctionized than ever to evangelize and share our Christian story and tell our testimony to those that don't know him because we're on assignment if we are ambassadors of the kingdom we're on assignment just like Jesus was and so it wasn't in him to do what was him and love was him grace was him peace was him and wherever he went guess what he did him the 
father is concerned about the lostness of man's soul. And now that concern is connected to, uh, to divine activity and one that is visible in the life of Jesus Christ. You see, when we look at the word father in this 15th chapter, I always want to think about the source. Say the source, the source. Uh, the father is always the source. And when we are conscious of the fact that the father is the source, we will walk in the wisdom of God and not our own understanding because all that we have and all that we are is because we have been connected to the source. And so what Jesus does, he looks for those that are not connected to the source. If you're connected, then Jesus should have the liberty to go to the next person so that they can get connected. And then the next person that is not connected. And if we are true ambassadors, then we join ranks with our Lord. And now we're associating and ministering to those that don't know him so that everyone now has an opportunity to be saved. At the church, say amen. Father is the source. And so he gives us these examples of lostness. And he's trying to let them see that you've lost things before. And you, you know how anxious you were. You know how worried you were. You couldn't find something. Maybe you couldn't find your child. You know, I, I, I told you guys a long time ago when the boys and I were at Virginia Beach. And um, we were all on the beach. And I said, don't go any further than they're here. And you know what? They did. And I looked up from reading my book and I didn't see them. And so there was panic all in me because I had thought. I had lost my sons and you know what as I was walking the beach and I'm just looking I said Lord uh -uh, don't do this to me God don't let this happen to me Lord don't let this happen to me and you know what I went to the next lifeguard and I said I am looking for my children and, she, and the guy said is it two boys I said yep that's them they had gone to, they had lost direction being in the water and they had gone to the next lifeguard but I know how I felt then I know how I, I, I mean I wasn't going can you imagine okay I can't find them let me just go on back to the hotel room and disorder room service let me just go lay out in, in, in the, I can't find them. Uh, no, it calls to action. And that's what God wants us to, do you know that every day you face somebody that is lost and God is saying, I, it's, it's about recapping now. It's about regrouping. It's about restarting this, the spirit of evangelism in all of us that we're conscious of those that are around us that don't know Jesus. But just like when our, my sons were lost, that same urgency ought to be in the realm of the spirit. The, the same urgency that you feel when you lose something. We'll get more excited over losing a, a dollar than we will somebody's soul being lost. He wants to let us know that he's concerned about the loss. And so he gives us one example. We've talked, this is a familiar passage, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but, but he lets us know in the parable of the lost sheep that everybody's important. Everybody's important. I already have 99. One straight, okay, just one straight, not worried about that. No. He gives us an example that even if one strays, he leaves the 99 and he goes looking for the one. Why? Because it's like Jesus is attracted to lostness. You see, you see if you're lost and, and you're wandering, you can always find him right with this. Look, think about Hagar. You know, even as she was trying to run away and she was lost, but she met Jesus on the journey. 
journey. He's attracted to those that are lost. So sometimes we're just attracted to those that think like us, those that act like us, those that can, can, can quote scripture and see who can quote the most. And so we're comfortable now in our religious exercises, but not Jesus. He was attracted to those that didn't know him, that didn't know Genesis, that didn't know Revelation, that didn't know connection with the Father, didn't know about the cross, didn't know about the blood. And so Jesus now is drawn now to those that don't know him. And if we, the church, could be, and you know what? He was drawn, but not connected. He was drawn and not allowing himself to be contaminated with false doctrine, uh, contaminated with false living, uh, false love, a uh, tricking, and all of the manipulation that comes along with sin. But Jesus was attracted to change them, attracted to love them, attracted to give them what nobody else could give them, and there will be life everlasting. He was attracted to those that are lost. And it's interesting too because, you know, sometimes those, and we'll talk about this when we get to the 11th verse and following, but sometimes those of us that, that have a relationship with Jesus get mad when he's loving on somebody else. Get mad when he's blessing somebody else. That's right, Mother B. Lord, help us. So, so everyone is significant. But what Jesus faces in this parable about the lost sheep is the wandering sheep. Now, there's two different words I thought about. I thought about wandering, W-O-N, and then wandering, W-A-N, and there's a difference. Because if you are wondering, that means that you have questions. You, you need to have a conversation. You need clarity about something. You need to know how do I give my life to God if you're wondering. But if you are wandering, that means that you're moving away from where God wants you to be. And so he's got the 99 on the sheepfold, but this one sheep just wanders off. And sometimes we can wander and still be in our seat. We can wander while the word is going forth. Wander while our mind is someplace else during the worship we're not focusing in on how great God is and so that wandering spirit I wonder what's happening I wonder what I'm gonna do after church I wonder what my best friend is doing in in Los Angeles I, I wonder so begin to, our mind begins to wander all these places if we were to check our thought process uh, how many places have you already been today how many places have you been in your mind today you yeah, you were in Fort Wayne you might have been in your house and in your car but most of us have been someplace else too We've thought about the job. We've thought about another place or, or something else we are involved in. So our mind begins to wander, and that's what that sheep is. And so Jesus now wants him to focus. He, he wants the sheep now to be totally connected. And so he embraces that wandering spirit. So if we wander, God has a way now to bring him back. And he lets him know that when he comes back, and he, the Bible says that he carries him. You see, the sheep that wanders can't save themselves. They think they can. It's just like turning off your mind. Just, you got all these things on your mind, and when you go to bed, I'm just going to go to sleep. You can't even go to sleep because they're bombarding your mind. You wake up in the middle of the night, it's still on your, on your thought process. You can't seem to turn the switch. You can't turn yourself now on off. So the lost sheep cannot save himself, and they cannot be saved unless the shepherd goes to get them. And so what Jesus does is he goes to get them. I realize that he can't make it by himself. 
myself, I realize that if I don't go get the brother, if I don't go get the sister, if I don't go get the child, there'll be no salvation in the home. So what Jesus does, he goes, he reaches out, he goes to get them, he finds them because they were in a state of lostness. And the Bible says he carries them on his shoulder. Don't even worry about walking back, brother. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to pick you up. I want to make sure you get to the house of God. He carries them because he recognizes the state of lostness and it's not his will that any should perish but that all come to repentance. All come and be heirs of salvation. So what Jesus does by example is that that's why Pharisees, I've got to go and talk about it. That's why those that know, know him are in tune now to the word of the spirit that that attraction I have for those that are lost because you know what that one sheep might be your daughter that one sheep might be your son or that one sheep might be your mother or that one sheep might be somebody that you've been praying and believing God to save for a long time and they're not coming on their own Jesus says that's okay I'm gonna go get them but you know what God's gonna use you to go get them he wants you to agree with this purpose and align that those that are lost now might be saved go and get those that are wandering. You see, Jesus actively seeks for the lost. You you know, I tell the children at school that I need them to be actively engaged in their learning. First of all, I need them to know it's their learning. It is their learning. No matter what, it is their learning. But I need you to be actively engaged in it. There's something you have to do. And so Jesus now demonstrates for us his activity in his assignment. He's active in his assignment. And he actively pursues those that are lost. Think about your assignment. Think about your role, even the body of Christ. Are you active in it? Are you actively pursuing the call of God upon your life? And sometimes the world just snuffs us down. And we're just hidden. You know, I thank God the one, the one left the 99 because now he's visible. You see, sometimes if you're hiding in the 99, nobody can see nobody will know but God knows them that are his he knows them that are distant and so he actively said I'm actively on pursuit you know we talk about the devil walking around like a lion like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but he's not the only one walking around because Jesus is actively pursuing Uh uh-uh this one is mine devil you can't have my son devil you can't have my daughter and so he allows now the spirit of God to so minister with such an anointing and such a persuasive anointing oh God that they say yes to God and yes to God's will that's what God desires and if you can't walk back I'll carry you back I'll make sure that you get back I'll do all I can to make sure you get why because we are actively uh, do you hear me new Zion we are actively seeking the loss uh, we're not looking for self-righteous folks that have it all together after all they have it all together uh, but we're looking for those that don't have it all together those that are weary worn and sad those uh, that are tired of life those that are, are down in depression those that are in the pit of despair are those that have no food on their table we are actively pursuing the call of God on our lives to be a blessing to somebody that's lost go and get them and bring them back to the father because the father is the source the father is the source and so he carries them back and then we've got the lost coin so in this parable notice now that he talks about 
the, the, even that conjunction or that suppose a woman and so now he's trying to really clarify in case you and can you imagine and you know nobody can teach it like Jesus but even after he got through teaching it he, he perceived that they didn't understand it he perceived they didn't get it so okay let me go another way let me just try something else you know because you guys are all attracted to money you're attracted to coins so maybe if I kind of hit your pocketbook maybe that'll get your attention because see sometimes unless it hits us we're not hit unless it impacts something that is of value to us then we could care less about somebody else being saved and I'm talking about church folk and so that's why the, even when temptation comes the Bible says that it's, it's everything is it's not uncommon to man uh, the same devil that wants to tempt me wants to tempt you he has one agenda and that's to take us out but I thank God that Jesus comes at looking for us and you know what I have learned in my saved life that even when I'm, I'm disassociated in my mind in my thinking in my spirit maybe I'm not having the joy God wants me to have he actively pursues me if I'm not having the peace that I want to have that God wants me to have he actively pursues and so I find the peace of God that passes all understanding let me tell you church God has great things for us and we're not going to set up for anything other than God God's best, God's greatness, and everything that God says is ours. We are claiming it this year. Uh, we've gone through the storm. We've gone through the trial, but this year is going to be a different kind of year uh, because just like God is actively pursuing me, I'm actively pursuing him right back. God wants us to move to a new place. And so he lets us know this: the lost coin now, this, this, this woman lost the coin in the house. In the house. Glory to God. When Ariana lost her keys, they were in the house. You know, sometimes we lose, what, did you leave the house? That's the first question you ask. Because if, if you can't find it and you haven't left the house, and the last time you had it, you were in the house, then you might think that whatever I've lost is still in the house. So I've got to search the house. Now, I haven't been to your house. Glory. Is your house searchable? Or are there all kind of camouflages around? Glory to God. Is it searchable and by that are you making sure that your house is well ordered and well tended yeah I'm in the book well ordered and well tended well your household is, is structured your house is not is you see you can find something if it's in the right place and my suggestion to her was I, I need to make sure that we put the key in the same place every day and there's I said I said in fact let me invite you let me invite you to put your key where I put my key. Because my key is in the same place. Even if, if Jonathan goes to my house, he'll know where the key is. If Sue goes to my house, she knows where the key Everybody knows where that key is. So, so it's in the house. But you want to make sure that even as you are organizing your space, that it's in such a place that you know where everything is. You know, sometimes you, 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 anybody just can't find anything. You can't find that receipt. You can't find the scarf. You, you can't even find your other shoe. You can't, you can't, find, can't find anything. 
It's time to get your house in order so your house can become searchable. Now, that means that we are in the right position. It's just like when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they sinned. They were in the right position, but they didn't have the right disposition. So, so they were in the right place naturally, but spiritually they were not in the right place. And so we want to make sure that we are allowing the Spirit of God. That's why the psalmist said in 139, search me, oh God. Oh God, find any wicked way in me, God. Uh, I'm so out of sorts, God, but I want you to search me. I give you permission, Holy Ghost, uh, to search me. And if you find any wicked way in me, then just lead me, oh God. Reveal it to me, oh God, that I might be led in the way everlasting. You see, he said that I might walk the way everlasting because sometimes when God shows us things about ourselves, it doesn't unctionize us to do something different. But, but the psalmist said, I want to I be right, God. I want to be at the right place. I want to be doing the right thing. God, I can't. I don't even trust myself. So, Father, just search me. And if there's any wicked way in me, God, lead me now to the way everlasting. So she's searching the house. The Bible says that she got, found some light. You know, she had to light the lanterns. And so here she is. She's looking all over the house for this lost coin. You know, one scholar said, and it kind of makes sense, you might think, well, she's got 10. If you find one, maybe it'll just show up. Maybe, you know, sometimes if you do something, you'll say, well, maybe it'll just show up. Like that shoe is going to come running to you. Here I am. Like that coin is going to come running to you. Here I am. So many of us, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now because there's somebody here and you're just waiting on something to show up. Maybe even somebody to just show up. But, but not so with this woman. She was actively searching for her coin. Now, historically, the women back there, they would wear headbands. You've seen some in some of the ancient movies where they had different coins. And, and, and typically, married women wore those. So if she had all of her coins in that silver band around her head, and now she only has nine because she's a married woman and she's connected to her spouse, she wants her other coin. So it meant something to her that she cleans not just one room, not just the bathroom or the living room or the family room or the den or whatever you call it or the patio, or the basement, or the bathroom, or the laundry room, or, or the pantry. The Bible says she cleaned the entire house looking for that one coin. She was in active pursuit. It didn't matter how long it took. She was searching for that which she had lost because it meant something to her. And, and church, that is a point for us because if lost souls meant something to us, we would search for them. We would look for them. We would not be totally comfortable always in our own circle. But I've got to find somebody today to witness to. I've got to find somebody to share my testimony. And, and God, put somebody in my path that I can say something that would change the trajectory of somebody's life. Help me, oh God, to be able to say something positive to somebody else that they'll know that they're worth it and that Jesus loves them and that, that none of us have it together. I don't care what we do if we don't have Jesus Christ. So help us, Father, to know just what we need to know about the lostness. You see, it was hers, and it belonged to her, but she couldn't find it. She never lost possession of it, but she couldn't find it. It's like our relationship with God. He's always there for us, but somehow I just can't find him here. 
So I have to move where he is, where he wants me to be, to be able to have the relationship that God wants me to have with him. And so she has the light, she cleans, and she sweeps, and she ultimately finds it. And in both of these scenarios, uh, both with the lost sheep and also the coin, after that which was lost was found, there was rejoicing. There was happiness. There was joy. There was great excitement. That which was lost. Can you imagine? Oh, the sheep is back. And everybody starts shouting. Oh, the woman found her coin. Everybody is shouting. And see, not only that, but... But, but just because Jesus was on assignment and he's doing what he was called to do, heaven recognized that. And when the result comes, all of heaven rejoices. But it amazes me how the church doesn't rejoice when folks give their life to God. In fact, we tip out before altar call. Altar call means nothing to us. We tip out before it's time to make that decision. Okay, she's done preaching now. I'm out of here. I, I got someplace else to go because there's no urgency. There's no value to the soul of humanity. Oh, but the Bible says that, oh, there was a rumbling in heaven. And sometimes you got to be content with the rumbling in heaven. Uh, if you can't rejoice with me, uh, there's thousands of angelic hosts that are rejoicing that I gave my life to God. Uh, somebody's happy that I've turned my life around. Somebody's happy that I'm not out smoking and drinking anymore. Uh, somebody's happy that I finally came out of the streets. Somebody's happy that I finally got my life together and laid the drugs down. Somebody rejoicing and if you don't rejoice God has released those rejoicers to let somebody know oh, that there's alignment in heaven when we're found God wants us to know that we have to have an appetite you know what it is if you're at dinner let's see what I have an appetite for and you're so used to choosing that you choose when it comes to the kingdom rather than letting God choose for you but because we're connected to him, his appetite ought to be our appetite. It's souls. Oh, don't let somebody delay me. Here I am in the, in the, in the restaurant and, and the lady's having a bad day. And I say, uh-uh, you, don't wait on me to get, get somebody else. But maybe that's the one. Oh, yeah, I've seen it happen before. Maybe that's the one that really needs you the most. And maybe there was divine alignment putting you in that table. Thank you, Lord. And allowing now that attraction of the Holy Spirit that is in you now to be lodged in somebody else's life. What has attracted you in your assignment? Thank you, Lord. Brought you joy. What is it about your assignment now that has brought joy in heaven? Glory to God. Yeah, you got some new shoes, but the angels weren't shouting about that. Oh, yeah, you got a new car, but the angels weren't shouting about that. Oh, yes, you got a new job, but the angels weren't shouting about that. But they shout when somebody's life has changed. And they move from being lost now to be found by Jesus Christ. Let us stand to our feet right now in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God, and I can't wait till next week. Oh, make sure you, make sure you uh, be comfortable next week. Sit in two chairs so you won't fall out. Oh, God. Just the revelation God has unfolded about the prodigal son just took this whole thing to a new level for me. Oh, my God. The third example. To further illustrate the point. But what is it about your assignment that attracts you to the lost? And I declare that God saved us.
And that was his primary purpose. If that's his primary purpose, shouldn't that be ours? That because of where I am, somebody else is delivered. Where I am, somebody else is healed. Maybe even slack, as some people count slackness. And your desire, your activation of letting people see the love of God shared abroad in your heart to reach out to them. Maybe you're harboring unforgiveness, and it's time to let some stuff go. But if you've been in that state of lostness, number one, and then number two, not allowing your gift to draw others, then this is your altar call today. Thank you, Lord. We have already prayed, even this morning, before I left the house, praying that somebody, somebody can, can receive. You see, these were... This story was because of tax collectors and notorious sinners. Now, we might be sinners up in here, but I don't know if anybody in here is notorious. But he touched their hearts. I mean, might be. I just don't know. Amen. Praise God. But, but God has the power and the ability to save everybody. And you know what? If he can save me, he can save every, anybody else. And so we've got three that don't walk the altar today if they'll come down. And if you're here today and you want God to change your state, your position, your disposition to be connected with him, I invite you to the altar right now. Don't wait on somebody else. We've got markers in the floor to make sure that we're honoring social distancing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Is there one that can say, I want you to pray for me. I'm struggling with something, but I want to move to a new place. I want to move to that place of alignment in the kingdom. If you're here today, don't wait on somebody else. But today, God, I'm going to be found. I'm going to be found of you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, is there somebody else, somebody else that can break away and say, Lord, I need you. I need to be found of you even right now. Change my, at my attitude. Change my appetite, Father. Use me for the furtherance of your kingdom. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Thank I you. lift my hands in total adoration to you. Thank you for joining us for worship. We hope that you were blessed by today's message. To stay in contact with New Zion Tabernacle, please follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. If you would like to sow a financial seed, please feel free to download the GiveLify app either in your App Store or your Google Play Store, and search New Zion Tabernacle. Feel free to join us for worship every Sunday, 11 a.m. Our address is 1835 Spring Street, Fort Wayne, Indiana, 46808. We look forward to seeing you in the sanctuary. Until next time, be blessed. <laughs>